Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs creating the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm Emily Aborn, and along with my co-host, Crystal Farley, we are here to give you the roadmap to success and the tools you need to build whatever this means for you. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday, Crystal. Happy Wednesday. Are you super excited for a new month to be starting? I cannot wait. Although it's been a pretty great month. I mean, it started off a little rocky, but I feel like we're on the upswing. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. it's two days away from November 1st, so it's very exciting. Yes. I love a new month. I love to like write out all my new goals and set new uh, agendas and things like that, put new plans in motion. Check out the forecast and see what the month is going to bring. Yes. Yes. Um, have you ever worked with – this is a totally random question, but have you ever worked with your – it's not random. It actually has to do with today's guests. Have you ever worked with your spouse in a job? Do you know who my spouse is, Emily? Oh, Charlie Farley. <laughs> right. And no. <laughs> tell us Tell us his whole the, – the name of his business. So his name is Charlie Farley, and his business is Charlie Farley Home Loans. Love it. And Just I always throw in the so dot clever. com because, yes, the man has a jingle. And if you didn't know, my daughter would tell you because most children know. Um, and, yes, he runs a mortgage business. And while I enjoy money, I don't ever actually want to help people finance a home. So. so you don't work together? Definitely no. But does he ever, like, chime in about what you should be doing in your business? Oh, he absolutely does. And I should take all of his opinions and just implement them right away. Uh, And it doesn't go the opposite way. But we actually have a really great relationship. And he is very well educated when it comes to his business. Definitely a definition of an entrepreneur. So I do take his feedback. I think his just presentation skills could be honed sometimes. My husband likes to weigh in on my business too, but I do appreciate, he's almost like the business coach I don't have to pay for. So I kind of love it. Um, He also has a painting business with his father. And so I help them with some of their marketing, which they probably don't know because I never have time to actually do their marketing. So, but no, I do help them. (laughs) It's nuggets for the future. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Today's guests are Aaron and Adria Bagshaw, who are husband and wife team and run the bag, WH Bagshaw Company in Nashua. Aaron Bagshaw serves as the fifth generation to run the Bagshaw Company, which he co-owns with Adria. And while he serves as president, his business card actually reads Chief Visionary Officer. He's passionate about manufacturing and innovation, which is evident visiting their 149-year-old business actually feels a lot like a startup. And I know you go there a lot and do education for them. I pretty much feel like I want to be an employee, so I just call myself one. That works. Since 1870, they've been providing specialty pins as a job shop manufacturer and have expanded to Swiss-style machining in 2005. Adria is the vice president, and her main areas of focus are workforce, finance, and strategic planning. And it was never actually Adria's dream to own a factory, but now she is completely passionate about providing jobs to meaningful jobs to 40 plus employees and also preserving the family business legacy for a sixth generation. She loves partnering with Aaron and she also serves as the chair of the New Hampshire Small Business Development Center. Both Aaron and Adria sit on U.S. Senator Jean Shaheen's Small Business Advisory Council. 
Before we allow them to speak, I feel like we need to talk a little bit about why we've invited both Adria and Aaron here today. Okay, do tell. Yes, this is the She Built This podcast, and you know we have a lot going on. But excitingly enough, we are running the Women's Entrepreneurship Day on November 19th at LaBelle Winery in Amherst, which is really exciting. And for those of you that have been following our social media and marketing posts, Adria, Emily, and I have really been um, working hard to make this a successful event this year. So both Adria and Aaron are participating as well as helping plan the event. So Aaron will be sitting on our Manbassador panel, serving as a male in the community that supports female entrepreneurs, offering his advice to women and others. And then Adria is obviously a big part of the event, as well as um, helping facilitate a panel on that day as well. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Great to be here. Good to see your faces. I feel like we spend a lot of time on Zoom and on phone calls and on email. So it's good to see you. (laughs) You guys definitely are like 99% of my inbox. So thanks for making me feel so special. Um, So Aaron and Adria, why don't you start by telling us how you met? Well, we met on a blind date almost 20 years ago. Um, I can't speak to Aaron's thought process going into it, but I was of the mindset that... um, it was always a good idea to go on a blind date. You know, maybe you'd meet the right person. You would definitely have a good story. Maybe you'd make a good friend. I was really intrigued that Aaron was involved in manufacturing because even back then, 20 years ago, I was working in manufacturing. That was my first career right out of college. So we met on a blind date. Yeah, we went to uh, Cafe Il Suppresso in Tingsboro, Mass. Uh, it's not there anymore. Or no. Maybe it's something else now. But we yeah. still make the meal that we had there. Yeah. It's like our special family what was dinner. It? Now we have to know. No, we can't tell you. No, come on. <laughs> Chicken verdicchio. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they, they went somewhere else for a little while yeah, and then, then it didn't work yeah, out. It was a family run business. So was they, it like love at first date or? Uh, yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty excited. Yeah. I was pretty excited to, to be with this woman and looking to see what, you know. What, we didn't uh, think we'd be here. <laughs> But yeah, we we both were really into it. We met up the very next day for breakfast. All right. Now tell us a little bit about the Bagshaw story and how that has intertwined with um, your story as a couple. Intertwined as a couple. So, I mean, I guess we've got to go, we got to go back 150 years, right? So Walter Henry Bagshaw had this vision when he was living in England to start a pin manufacturing company because that was needed in the textile world. Uh, there were pin manufacturers in England and France and Germany, all manufacturing the same product, uh, really pins for the, for the textile or services that were going on all over the world. Uh, so we had that idea and, you know, in the late 19th century, right, people wanted to be here. People wanted to come to America. Uh, so he came to America with, with that vision and with that, with that passion and started a pin manufacturing company uh, in Lowell. Obviously, textile world was in Lowell, Massachusetts. Um, so he started there. And I think if we're – so we made pins for 150 years. If we were to fast forward to intertwining that with Adria and I, I mean, what you, what you see is a tremendous amount of vision in 1870 – Right. Starting a new business, not an easy task in any time period, let alone in 18th, late 1800s. So Adria and I 
within our business have started a new business, right? So we have the CNC portion of our business that we like to say is like a 150 year old startup, right? And Adria, I think coined that term. So I thought I heard a phone ringing. So um, when, when you when you look back to 1870 to our roots and all of that vision that had to happen, I think it parlays kind of directly into where we are now and the vision that's required to kind of take us into the next 150 years. And Aaron, you were already doing this when you met Adria, right? So how did you say, let's get married, now join my business? Well, I, how, I, how did I propose to her? Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, sure. <laughs> That's a different podcast. So that, that was never the plan. I mean, I was a manufacturing, he was a manufacturing. We would talk shop a lot after work, but we were on very different paths. I was in um, more like high-tech manufacturing and more of like a corporate ladder chaser. Um, but then... When we had our first child, Kyan, who just turned 15, um, we were wrestling with a few things, one of them being what to do with him. Um, I definitely wanted to work full time. I definitely didn't want him in daycare as a newborn. So, you know, how do you reconcile that? And at the same time, the Bagshaw company was in a transition. They'd been losing some accounts. Um, things were looking a little grim. Aaron had just implemented a new software system, the first one that they had used for manufacturing. Yeah, we were still typing. Wow. typing yeah, orders. on like quadruplicate. So I had been answering questions and had been a sounding board. And I said, you know what? Instead of going somewhere else part-time, why don't I come in with Kyan? We'll try it out. I'll help as much as I can. We'll see you know, if it helps. Um, and I just slowly added responsibility and hours. And when Kyan got a little bit older, he would like come in and play and nap a little bit and we'd bring him to preschool or vice versa. He was like on half days. Um, but both of our babies were like babies in the office, which was really great. So I've had to really be flexible in terms of my responsibilities and my, my work schedule and how and when I get my work done. Um, but it really was never the master plan. It it kind of happened by necessity, both um, because of what the company needed at the time. And I think really looking back, Aaron needed that sounding board and, as we've called me, the, the validation officer. He needed that um, to really put the plans in place that he had swirling in his head at the time. Yeah, agreed. And you've told me your story before. You really helped bring it back up to a to a good place. Well, you know, we were at a crossroads where there were a lot of accounts and a lot of market segments that were deteriorating, and Aaron knew that it was time to really pivot. Um, so he he knew technically, he had the market knowledge, he knew what the field looked like in terms of opportunity, but I think I was able to provide, um, because of my background especially, um, some structure and, you know, just really flesh out the numbers part of that. Um, and you know, he really didn't have a, a peer or a sounding board at the time to really do that. So, um, you, you do do a great job. And I think Crystal would be able to speak to this even more, but you do a great job cultivating a culture and a community in your workplace. So tell us a little bit more about why you're so passionate about that and how you do that. Well, I think for me, you know, I'm tempted to say that we have the responsibility of keeping the company around for a new generation, but it doesn't feel like a draggy type of responsibility. It feels like an honor and just this huge opportunity. Um, so that's what gets us up every day. Um, we've had a few crossroads over the last 15 years. 
um, where things have maybe looked a little dire again. 2008 was a really, um, you know, critical time for us as well. But, you know, you come in every day and you look at these families who, who've worked for us. Um, our most senior employee has been with us well over 30 years. We have a couple who's been with us over 20 years. Um, I could rattle off five or six other employees who are related to those two. Um, and that's really what gets us up and out the door every morning and really keeps us fired up about what we do. Um, that and, you know, hoping that we can present that opportunity to our kids and 10, 15, 20 years, whenever that would be. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would chime in and say that, you know, how you guys treat your family is how we treat our people, right? With respect, dignity. And I think, you know, you hear about a lot of companies, especially in manufacturing, even locally that are very authoritarian, um, you know, wages can be stripped from, you just hear horrible, horrible things. And, you know, that's just not who we are as people. So I think we're just taking ourselves and putting that out onto the, literally onto the factory floor, right? That's who we are. You know, our num number one core value is family. So I, I think that that's what we're espousing every day when we're walking down the factory floor, you know, saying hi to our people, right? And just to chime in here, being like the, the third party who witnesses these things, I think from my experience in trying to work with other local companies in the in the ways that I do with regards to communication, stress relief strategies, that's a pretty progressive benefit that employers would offer their teams. And I've talked to people in manufacturing, and it's just like you say, Aaron, it is sometimes cutthroat. People are not treated well. There's not a significant amount of work-life balance. And it's really unfortunate. And so to be around people that try to cultivate a culture of family for their employees where it's a safe environment, people can come to work and share what they're dealing with, as well as work with people that in a traditional environment you wouldn't necessarily advocate for, but you have families that work together. And I think that's where you generate a lot of respect and um, loyalty to, to Bagshaw, and I would refer anybody to work there. Adria, I'd love to know if you have faced any challenges working in what I, I mean, maybe this is just my perception, but what seems to be a more male dominated industry? Um, well, manufacturing typically is very male dominated. Um, a machine shop is even more so. We have four employees that are female in the factory. One of them's a team leader and she's amazing. Um, and it's been really rewarding for me watching her grow and flourish, Erin um, as well. Um, so four women out of, let's say, 30 in manufacturing, and then we have a female office manager as well. So, you know, that's just how I've lived my entire career. I'm, I'm used to that. Um, but it was really interesting coming on board to Bagshaw because in a family business, it's a little, it can just be slow to change. So when I came on board, there were still like pinup posters and pictures in the shipping office. And Aaron was fully in support when I pointed it out and said we should, you know, take those down. But there were a lot of people who felt like that was unpopular. Um, I later, you know, was thanked by a number of the women when they finally felt comfortable doing that. But um, yeah, it's hard being a woman in a male environment. And I know I tend to continue to bring 
that fluffy woo-woo type element in, um, sometimes in the form of crystal, where we're talking about meditation, we're talking about different ways to relieve stress. Uh, We put a meditation challenge out this month to our employees. Um, So I know there are some eye rolls from a small amount of people, but I always think, you know what, if I can help one person, if I can save them from some depression or from a crisis by giving them some tools, I'm a big girl and I can take the eye rolls. And and I think the balance is really where it's important to look at this because we bring a lot of those kind of things to the table, but men also bring, like I said, my husband, sometimes my business coach, he brings a critical eye that sometimes I might not, not that he's entirely critical, but that's just one of the differences, you know, I'm not looking at something in the same way that he is. So yeah, it's powerful when you team up, very powerful. So what's it like working together as husband and wife? It's great. Did did she pay you to say that? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's awesome. No, No, it is. Hey, you know, we have, it's a very special opportunity that we have here, right? I mean, so um, there are days when we're pissy at each other and there's, it's not too often. Usually it's Adria's problem, not mine. Just kidding. Uh-oh. No, but we, no, no that's we, true. We, so we, we, you know, we do have those, but it's not very often at all. I mean, you could ask people that we work with on a daily basis, right? I mean, you could see it in your body language if someone's pissed off or upset or angry. But you know what? You don't have room for that when you work together. Like you just, you learn that you have to work through, whether it's something trivial that's like gnawing at you, you have to flush that out so you can keep going. Like there's just no room to, to carry that. Yeah. But like I said, it's very, very seldom do we have that situation. And her office is not right next door to my office, and I think that's important. Well, I, you know, physically, I, I don't think it matters, but I do think <laughs> it's important that, and it's it's something that took us some time, we realized that we need to have our own realm. So I really keep focused on the finance and um, the people part of the business. He really focuses more on the facilities, technology, um, engineering. What else would you say? We do, we do intersect for quality all the strategic stuff, I run things by him and vice versa, but we really needed to kind of have our own realms that we could work in. And that's helped a lot. I would say too, when we do a lot of offsite stuff, so when, not a lot, when we go offsite and do some strategic work, it's super powerful. I mean, that is like super, super powerful for us to do. It's awesome. Yeah. And I think that has strengthened our marriage because we have this shared goal, this shared vision. We celebrate things together. And I think with some couples, you have a situation where the, the, partner who has a really stressful job or um, a work intensive job, the other partner may resent that. And like we get, we get the stress, like I can anticipate what will stress him out and vice versa. And it eliminates a lot of that for us. When Jason and I did own the same, when we worked together in the same business, I think part of it, like you said, like we were working for the same goal. So we would celebrate the same things and be sad about the same things. And a little bit of it also for me was that I didn't want, like as much as I work hard now not to let myself down, I also didn't want to let him down in that business. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to go back. There's, there's a really interesting tidbit about culture that happened recently. So we had an employee leave our, our, our business, went to another shop. I don't know who it was. Um, I don't know where he went and we got an email less than a week, maybe about a week later, about a week later, um, 
really complaining that the company that he had went, they had gone to had no core values. And he, in essence, I think wanted to come back, but just to reiterate, kind of going back to the core values and, and the culture of the company, uh, that was super, uh, interesting and, and enlightening and well, really good and validating. validating. Yeah. yeah. Validating I wanted to, to put hear. it up on the bulletin board, but I didn't think that was appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Just mention it casually in, in every hu- meeting. In huddle. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> someone might have, someone might have spread the word on that, but it's a it's better important. choice than a pinup calendar. True. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually very true. But I think, you know, to go back to your relationship. So let me go back. So pinup calendars aren't good. Oh, he, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, All we've right. been over this. <laughs> All right, you're right. Go take that one down that you hung up in your office. We may as well have Mike back on the show. <laughs> I, was, I was just looking at Mike. Okay. <laughs> He's like, where's my microphone? Just I think, kidding. I That's think good. you guys working together, though, really shows, you know, that you're able to, as a family, work together because, you know, that's obviously a big part of what your culture is, is very family oriented. Like you just had an individual come back who was injured. And I mean, it was like, I got the email and I was excited about it. Um, and I think, too, is that you both have boundaries. So your team still respects who you are, despite your relationship with each other. And I think that's super validating, too, because a lot of times people, when family members work together, you don't earn their respect of the team underneath you. So yeah, that can be that can be a challenge. And I, I do hear a lot of negative stories about my multi-generational companies. So. so one thing I always had a little bit of a hard time with was switching it off. Um, when when we came home, we still talked about the business that, you know, like it was just like the ongoing tucked in organic show. So how do you guys do that? Do you switch it off? Or do you have well, dinner I mean- conversations every single night about WH Bagshaw? Well, interesting thing on your part, it was mattresses. Yeah, not very so exciting. Every time, well, every time you guys lay down, <laughs> you're, you're thinking, yeah, I mean, you're probably thinking about the business. It's true. I don't know. It's very true. Yeah. And we were like the cobbler's son, so we had like the worst mattress. <laughs> so do we shut it off? Yeah, I think we do. I think we we find pockets of time where we do. We just yeah. took a, a really Absolutely. important vacation for our family and- I was going to say we didn't do any work, but we literally went to visit a coworker and I did some training. So it's not even true. Plus you worked, worked on women's entrepreneurship. And like I did do that as well. Yeah. She um, was like balancing her phone in one hand yeah. and a piece of foil in the other to get a signal. And taking yeah. pictures of like of Madrid. Yeah. No, um, I think with us and, and every every couple that work together, I'm sure is different. But what works for us is that it does spill over um, and it's a trade off. So I don't mind that we're talking about something important that's going on at work. I feel like it's really valuable for the kids, even if they have nothing to do with what we do. It's really important for them to understand like how decisions are reached and all the different things that we consider and how important this stuff is. So they hear that. They get a front row seat. They hear not everything, but they hear quite a bit. They ask a lot of really thoughtful questions. Um, so while work spills in at home, home spills into work. I mean, we leave early to see our kids' games and they come to work. Um, you know, Kyan will come in quite a bit in the summer and do some some odd jobs for us. So we think of it as very fluid. Um, but when we're feeling like we're very stressed, we'll like make it a point to, you know, just take a break from a topic or go do something relaxing. That's one thing I do appreciate about you both. I know you're very intentional. So if you check your email or your Facebook page or whatever it is, you're making sure I am setting time aside to do this. Yeah. And I'm choosing to do this. Um, okay, so what's a piece of advice that you wish someone had given you 10 years ago? 
Do you want to go first? No, ladies first. So, you know, there's something that we've done only over the last few years. Aaron's probably been involved for four years. I wish we'd done it on day one. He did it first, and then I joined a peer group just a couple years ago that I can't even stress the benefit we've gotten from having that kind of accountability, the sounding board. As much as we're sounding boards to one another, we're still limited to this one business that we run. So just being able to connect with other people who are in our shoes has been incredible. So anyone who's starting a business or involved, definitely get yourself in a peer group, um, however that looks, whatever the complexion is. Aaron's is um, focused on, you guys are all fitness focused? Fitness, family, business. Those are the three metrics that we check in on every every meeting. Nice. Yeah. So we don't we don't have that extra criteria. Um I actually had called Heidi Copeland asking for advice and um she said, "Why aren't you in a peer group?" I said, "Cuz I I've never been invited." <laughs> she said, "Well, let me see if I can have you into mine." So I went and interviewed and I got accepted in about two years ago. So I would definitely say get involved in a peer group. The other thing that I've learned and we continue to relearn um, is how important it is to protect your culture. And if your gut says that someone's not fitting with your culture or is toxic or damaging to it, trust your gut. I look at how much we agonized and how long we put up with things in the past, and we just know now. And I've given that advice to other people, and I think it's something you have to learn. And when you experience that relief and that validation, once someone toxic is gone from your midst, you're like, oh, I should have done that sooner. Um, So I think just trusting your gut and being more decisive to protect your environment is really important as well. Emily's nodding. Oh, yeah. I think I need that. And, you know, in all areas of my life, just being able to trust my gut when when I feel that. Once you let something go, it's like you're saying yes to something else coming in. So exactly. Like that. That's why I stopped getting offended when everyone un- unsubscribes to my newsletter, Crystal. <laughs> They're doing it on accident. Just go with it. Right. Aaron. <laughs> I, I would say, I, I would say uh, similar to the CEO peer group, but reaching out to people more, um, talking more. I think people tend to just stay inward. And, I, you know, I, I would say men traditionally stay are inward. I think women, I see it a lot more, especially with Adria, that women are always like out there, like something goes wrong and Adria is like out there. Like she, she wants validation and she wants answers. So I'm like, no, no, let's, let's wait, let's wait. She's like, she's driving forward to find, you know, answers or solutions or just feedback. Right. Yeah, but I, I have like, say, I've got a good the, the, crew of people on speed dial. This is, well, this, on is there. My, uh, this is my time. This, <laughs> is, ahead, my, this is my section. <laughs> <laughs> But so I would say reaching out more, talking more, and trade groups. We're part of we're part of a couple, but the PMPA Precision Machine Parts Association, right? We've gone to them, and we could go to them a lot more, but they always have really good answers for us, like really strong, validating answers. Um, so for whoever is doing whatever you're doing in your life, I'm sure there's a trade group. There's trade groups for everything. There's people in those trade groups, members that have been through the exact same thing or the exact same question you have, and they they have good answers. You don't have to do it alone. That's right. Yeah, right, right. I guess that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, All right. Is there anything else that I should be asking Adria? Yeah. Where does she want to go next? Adria, where do you want to go next? Italy. Oh, 
That was easy. Oh, I thought you mean with the distance? Yeah, I wanted. I just wanted to see what she would say. No, Um, I'm like dreaming hard about another trip to Europe. I want to go to Italy with the kids in two years. Um, Business wise, I mean, we we've made just incredible progress. When I stop and look back, and you know, we were just visiting with Peter, one of our longtime. Uh, friends and employees. And, you know, when you have someone who's been with you that long, you really have an appreciation for how far you've come. Um, I think our next steps will be to continue to grow. Um, and as you grow, you're able to invest more in infrastructure and do a lot more collaborative, collaboratively, which we're looking forward to. Adria, what do you think we should ask Aaron? Oh, what else do you think what we should ask Aaron? Ask Aaron. One of the things I've struggled with is how to get more women into manufacturing. Um, we've had two unsuccessful runs um, at having a female machinist, which has been um, really disappointing to me. Um, but you know, I don't know if that's a question for Aaron either. Um, uh, no, I I can answer it. Sure. I mean, as I you know, I look at. Um, I've got a, a friend who's a, a teacher at Alvern uh, High School. He teaches drafting, CAD drawing, some really cool stuff. And if I remember correctly, all of the students that have won awards in his class have been women. Now, they're probably going on to different career paths than ours, than our manufacturing. They're probably going into, you know, a, a BAE or, a, you know something of that of that nature more i would say higher end um as opposed to being on a machine um so i i don't necessarily know i I think there's opportunities out there and i think there are a lot of women and and girls if you will if you're looking at younger kids um that want to be involved in manufacturing look there's opportunities right we have opportunities and there's opportunities out there Uh, can i ask like what your ideal person would be to work in the in machining? Yeah, I mean, we're finding that people who value values are more likely to stay. Yeah, exactly. So someone who cares about culture um, will enjoy where we work. Um, we're specifically looking for CNC machinists all the time. Someone who's mechanically inclined, um, likes to take things apart, put them back together, tinker, someone with strong math. But someone who also doesn't want to sit down. Like if someone prefers to be moving around, likes to keep busy, um, I think it combines a lot of really great elements for people. Well, I think what, and why I ask is I think sometimes we get stuck in these like societal norms of like what we should be doing at work. And so if people are winning awards at Alvern, they may just not know that manufacturing could be a home for them. So there's competencies, right? Like you just listed off that people might fall into that would make them explore the opportunities that you have. So. Right. And that's hard when we, when we post for a machinist, we've talked about changing the job description to really describe you know, math-oriented, tinkerer, mechanical, doesn't want a desk job. That's what we're looking for. And that will resonate with someone more than if they see the word machinist. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is manufacturing month here in New Hampshire. Yeah, it's almost over. October. October, yeah. Over in two days? Yes. You said you said that at the top of the podcast. Yes, I couldn't believe it is, that. It is, but now you're making Time me flies. do math, I know. and I'm not a mathematician. Well, you did so. it already. You I'm not I'm de- yeah. destined for machinery. Machinist. 
<laughs> I don't take anything apart except a pen and I can't figure out how to put it back together. So, all right. How can we help the two of you? How can our listeners and we help the two of you? Well, I was just going to say, I wrote down, um, on my notebook here that I brought with me. Good job, Aaron. I wrote, I wrote down ambassador. I, I just love that. Okay, tell That's us why more. you are one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Who came up with that term? Is that... I think it came up collectively. Yeah, it was just groupthink. It's fantastic. I love it. Anyway. T- tell so, us more about why you love that term. Uh, because it, when you look at it, you're like, what is that? Okay, so that's why. It's thought-provoking. <laughs> yeah, it's thought-provoking. Um, you know, I, I want to know more about that. You're a man who's an ambassador yeah, of yeah, women. Yeah, yes. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. How do you see yourself as, I guess, helping as helping women and supporting women? So how do you it, see yourself as a man ambassador? In my in my role is if that's how we're gonna you know, we're gonna be in context here, right? Um, like we were just talking about, right? I go over to Alvern High School and I chat with Eric and I chat with the students there, and there's opportunities. Um, so. When we're talking about giving opportunities, we've got plenty of space. We've got plenty of you know space, both physically and mentally, to be bringing women into our you know into our environment and and supporting them uh, the way we do now. And and we've got more room for that. So that's what we look forward to. Awesome! I love it. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. It has been a pleasure. Thank you guys for the opportunity. We could talk all day yeah. long it, about our business. Does that mean it's over? Because I feel like we're just getting going. What did you want to talk about next? <laughs> Do we have a time limit? No, there's no time <laughs> limit. But now it's just going to be weird if we pick up again. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, good. I was just getting ready to swipe right and delete the podcast. <laughs> now I have to keep listening. Right, because, well, the next podcast is going to be amazing. Yeah, part two yeah. of today. Well, that's yeah. what I would love to I would love to throw out there. So for our listeners, if you have any feedback or questions for Adria and Aaron, please feel free to share this podcast and comment, and we're happy to address it on the next one. Screenshot it, post it on your Insta chat, you know. Beautiful. Yes, we definitely want you to share the podcast and your feedback back. Thanks all for listening. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. You're doing a great job with this. I love it. Thanks. Have a great day and happy end of October. For more information on the She Built This podcast, you can check us out online at www.shebuiltthis.org. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.